Welcome to Thrive with Confidence. This podcast provides insight into the Aquios Alliance, a buying group that connects private practices with trusted vendors and expert support. We will feature discussion with our vendor partners and optometrist members while we explore topics that will empower your independence. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Tim Merrigan with Aquios Advisors, and this is Thrive with Confidence. Uh, today, we are joined by Brandon Dirk Schneider, who is the Managing Principal Partner for Insurance Design Management, and Cindy Bojanski, who's the Senior Analysis and VP of Sales with Insurance Design Management. I uh, want to thank you, uh, thank you both for being here today. Hey, thank you, guys. We appreciate you having us. Well, we appreciate the partnership that we have formed uh, with you, and I think it was probably, I don't know, maybe... Three months ago, three or four months ago, we all kind of started talking and and kind of got the ball rolling on this uh, when you joined us for one of our calls and and when we kind of got off the phone, it just it, it or off the conference call with all of us, it just seemed like a, a no brainer to to try to get you guys to be part of the alliance um, as a, as one of our preferred vendors. So um, we we thank you guys for that. Um, Brandon, tell me a little bit about uh, insurance design management. How were you guys created? And, and let's kind of tell us the backstory. It's always nice to hear the, the backstory uh, of, a, of a company. Yeah, I was fortunate enough. I grew up in small town Nebraska and uh, was uh, brought up in a, in a more rural setting. And uh, both of my grandparents farmed and, and farming coming out of that situation wasn't really an option. So I went off down to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, uh, graduated in there in uh, May of 99 and got into the financial advisory world and started uh, working with uh, various institutions. But I had the pleasure of uh, going through 2008 and first really economic downturn in that cycle and saw really a lot of things that uh, kind of frustrated me with the with the industry in itself and figured there had to be a better way with more of a fiduciary aspect and more of an independence with respect to our clients and who we served and, and really working together as a team and building a team around our clients. So looking around and, and uh, looking at all the different money management firms and financial advisory firms and and looking at what they stood for and how they worked, I felt that it was a, a market opportunity, at least here beginning in the Midwest, to kind of create an independent planning firm and one that really focused on uh, financial planning and every aspect of financial planning and working together as a team, working with clients, accountants, attorneys, uh, property and casualty insurance agents, uh, maybe other investment advisors of that sort, and really taking a fiduciary obligation to our clients and saying, hey, we're not only going to look at you know managing the investments, but we're going to take a look at you know tax planning. We're going to take a look at insurance planning, estate planning, business succession planning. And if you don't have a certain professional sitting at the table with you, you know, we're going to make sure that we bring that professional to the table and build a team around you. And uh, as we started doing that, it just really kind of took off in an area of, uh, you know, that risk mitigation portion, especially with a lot of the law firms and the accounting firms and some of the independent firms that we worked with, you know, having us help the lower, their clients with regards to that risk mitigation process. You know, what if I, you know, what if I die too soon? What if I live too long? What happens if I have a business partner die? You know, uh, things with their regards to estate planning. 
and uh, kind of took off and just built out those center of influences and those other professionals uh, that created what we are today, which is an independent planning firm. And uh, we've been doing that now for about 10 years, just over. A lot of times when people hear the, the term financial planner, you know, they're more thinking of uh, maybe someone that just does their their investments, whether it's Edward D. Jones, something like that. You guys go further. You guys, if I'm not mistaken, you guys really take financial planning, not, I guess, to the next level or, like you said, kind of for the future. What happens if, if you pass and, and the state planning and things like that? Is that correct? Yeah, when we're taking a look at that aspect, I mean, I always tell a lot of our small business owners, you know, you are working your entire day in your business or and you spend little time working on your business. And we really don't want to see your number one business partner being Uncle Sam. So what can we do to put a plan in place that's also tax efficient that allows you to grow the business the way you want to grow it, hit your goals and objectives and really figure out the reason why you're doing what you're doing? Um, and that's, you know, that, that's the biggest component when we're looking at. And then what we do beyond that is saying, okay, there's a lot of pitfalls that can happen along the road. And our job is to say, okay, what if, what if this would take place? How do we make sure a, that your family can continue on the lifestyle that they want to do? Or if you're in partner, if you are, if your business is within a partnership, how can we make sure that a, the partnership can continue on, but also the family is taken care of and address a lot of those what ifs to make sure. Yeah. Not only are you managing money, but you're actually putting a plan in place. And I think that's where not just our clients, but I think people in general fail to fail to have that plan in place, fail to. And I think mainly sometimes they just don't want to talk about it. I mean, I think it's that, you know, they don't want to, um, look either that far ahead or, or feel that they're, that they're, that, that something could happen to them. And I think you're right that a lot of times if they don't have a plan in place, then it becomes kind of a, a, a crapshoot, if you will, on who's going to, who's going to manage or what happens to your practice that you, like you said, have spent so many long days and, and years putting together. So let's talk about some of the, the products or services that you offer for uh, an optometric practice, an optometrist. Um, such as the estate planning and things like that. What all what all spectrums do you cover for them? So, like Brandon said, we really take a comprehensive look at our client's situation and try to find solutions that fit their needs. Um, so on the estate planning side, we're going to work with them to kind of go through different options. You know, what tools are out there? Do you need a trust? Do you not need a trust? Talk about guardians for your children, conservatorships, um, you know, who's going to manage the money if something would happen to you. Um, so those are things on the estate planning side that we can kind of help walk our clients through. And those are really things they hate to think about and don't want to think about. But um, they're really important to make sure everything's taken care of and in place. Um, we also look on the tax planning side and then on the risk management side. Um, so some of the products that potentially are good fits for optometrists and their practice might be life insurance, disability insurance, long-term care insurance, um, but it also might be group benefits for their employees or some type of non-qualified deferred comp plan to incentivize retention of their employees or potentially be something that might be used for a buyout tool down the road. 
Um, but everyone's situation is different. And so our plans really vary from client to client and are going to be tailored to each person in their, their own individual practice. And Cindy, you made a, a good point on one, which was the group benefits. You know, I like a lot of times small practices, the doctors feel like they can't provide that to their to their staff. Um, they always think that, well, it's going to be either way too expensive or or we just don't have the resources to do that. You guys can help find ways and, and kind of walk them through that as far as being able to show them different ways they can provide group benefits for them. Yes. So we do look at group benefits, um, you know, with short term, long term disability. Um, we do not do health insurance. That's one one area we do not cover, but also group retirement plans or other type of incentive plans that might be out there for their employees. And I even, uh, you know, I think the group retirement plans and that I think it's important because um, let's be honest, a lot of people just don't save if they have the money. They're going to they're going to spend it. And if you can maybe help help them see here's what we can do for you and, and help the staff maybe put some money away. It's a it's a good benefit to have. So when you look at a practice and I know every practice is individual, um, what are some of the major checkpoints that you say, you know, this is truly what you need or this is, you know, some of the, the must have, if you will, uh, for a practice or, or something that truly needs to be discussed uh, with each client? I think one of the biggest things is that, that all of our clients need to realize is the when it, when it comes to insurance products, retirement plans, different types of investments, things of that nature, those are just really tools in the toolboxes. Those are just things that you put in place to meet certain goals and objectives that each client may have. Um, I always tell our business owners, you know, really what you need to focus on are, on are some really key areas is, A, what type of business structure are you? You know, are you operating as a sole proprietorship? Are you operating as an LLC? Or you should we be looking at things like an S corp or a C corp? And really, the tax planning that's associated with each one of those business structures, and what's going to be benefit for you long term, or you and your partner long term. So it really comes into okay, you're looking at that first initial stage of the business structure, and then once you've looked at that business. What does what does that business continuity plan look like? And if we're talking about business continuity plan, we're talking about okay, what type of uh, programs do we put in place to help you as the business owner attract, retain, and maybe reward some of those keyest employees uh, that uh, enable you to do the things that you want to do, or help uh, uh, you achieve those goals and objectives when it comes to certain individual or corporate goals and objectives. And then it's the what ifs on that business continuity planning. So, you know, if you have uh, an optometrist or an ophthalmologist that becomes uh, disabled or does die, what type of state bonus programs do you have in place for your employees to make sure that you can have a successful transition either to a partner or to a third party and to make sure that you're still getting the full value of that practice for your family. And then beyond that business continuity plan, we also say, okay, you know, you're not, you don't want to work probably till you're 70 or 80 years old, although there's some of us, maybe me included, that would work till that, that point in time. But, you know, the business succession planning, you know, the business succession planning is getting really important, especially in this day and age. You know, I don't care what type of industry that you're looking at. Most of these small businesses, you know, whether it's in the medical profession or if it's an optometrist or uh, ophthalmologist or family, family, uh, a small family business, you know, 
there's a lot of statistics out there that say, you know, over the next 20 years, 70% of these small family businesses are going to transition hands. And without a succession plan and without the appropriate plan in place, your number one business partner is going to be Uncle Sam. So how do we plan around that? So we really focus in on the business succession planning uh, avenues in addition to the, you know, putting that continuity plan in place, putting that estate plan in place, as Cindy talked about earlier. And the products are just that. They're just a tool in the toolbox to help transition or put in place some of those plans. And uh, they just help solve some of those risk mitigation uh, issues that come up as a part of that planning process. It really sounds like you guys, in a lot of ways, are a lot like us. It's you, you, you sit and listen to what your clients' needs are, and then you develop a plan around that. Would that be fair to say that you yeah. guys don't have a cookie cutter approach? You guys kind of say, let's sit, let's talk, let's have that, that conversation to see what you need, and then we'll design something for you. Yeah, because I would say there's uh, when it comes to these plans, there's not not any two that are exactly alike. Uh, and every, every business owner lies awake at night thinking of different things or different issues. Um, and those issues may have a different priority level. You know, it, it may be employee benefits on one hand. It may be their estate plan on another hand. And you're not going to want to take this all on in one big chunk because, you know, then you're taking away from the time in your practice and the profitability that you're trying to maintain. So, you know, you're usually we're taking this in baby steps and we're helping that client get from A to Z. And maybe we can do that in six months. Maybe it's over a process of 12 months or 18 months. Uh, but really holding their hand and learning, okay, what's important to them? And I always say, what's your why? Why are you doing this? Is it you're doing this for your family? Or are you doing this for yourself? Or are you doing this for your community? Are you doing this for long-term, you know, uh, long-term family planning projectives? But what's your reason why? And you know, learning that reason why for these clients really helps us kind of develop what that plan is going to look like and how we best get them from A to Z. Very good. We hear a lot about independent agents and, and that. What's the difference between an independent agent and and a certified uh, financial planner? What's the difference? And and um, walk me through the, the different processes that you guys would do. So we are independent agents versus like a captive agent. And so what that means is we are not employed by a specific company. So we really can look at pretty much all options that are out there and determine what is the best company, the best product for the client, where, you know, if you are a captive agent, you know, typically you have certain sales quotas to meet or certain products that are being pushed. Um, and you just really don't have that independent approach when it comes to choosing what's in your client's best interest. Um, and then we both are certified financial planners. And so that really is a certification that's kind of the standard of excellence for planners. So whether you work with us or someone else, we would always recommend you work with a certified financial planner. Um, so as a CFP, we are held to a fiduciary standard. And so what that means is we always must put our clients first and do what's in their best interest. And Brandon and I believe 100% in that. Um, and so that's one of our core values is always making sure we're doing what's in the client's best interest. Very good. And 
And, 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 and I apologize. I, I, I mean, when I said independent agents, I knew you guys were independent agents. Independent agents and captive, like you said, is uh, they are kind of tied to their products, I guess, is the, the best way to look at it. Talk to me about, because I know um, a lot of times when people thinking about their accountant and you talk about, you know, finances, and all that, they feel that they're okay with just having an accountant, but that's not the case, correct? Yeah. A lot of times, you know, it's, I'll even pick on even some of my accounting friends, you know, they're usually more reactive than they are proactive. So when you're looking at your CPA, you know, if you can get them to be in a proactive situation, but what usually happens is, hey, here's what happened in 2020. Here's what happened last year. Help me make sure that I pay as little tax as possible. Okay. Our job is to really be proactive, but not only look at this year, it's to look at, you know, three, five, 10 years out and help making sure that we're minimizing taxes along the way. But it's not just minimizing taxes. Maybe it's using those tax brackets efficiently because historically we're in the one of the lowest ta uh, income tax brackets that we've historically ever been in. So if we can take a look and say, okay, if you're married filing jointly or if you're a single tax filer and we can get your net marginal rate to be 20% or 18% or something along those lines, that's not a bad tax level to pay considering that in the future, we may be in a lot higher tax bracket considering from a historical perspective. So how do we best put a plan together to basically say, okay, we understand you want to minimize tax and that's what your CPA is going to do. But if we're trying to make sure that maybe we have tax-free assets or more of a, a flexible tax brackets to manage in the future, how do we put our best foot forward in making sure that we can accomplish that? So we're, we're a little bit different than a CPA as a CFP, really being proactive and looking at that future and what that might, be, might entail. Very good. When working with private practice, what do you guys when you've worked with clients and the small business owners and that, um, what is your biggest satisfaction in working with the private optometrist or even a small, even a small business owner? The biggest thing that I love with the, whether it's a, it's a private practice, a small business owner, whatever sector it is. I mean, it's that entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, their business, you know, lives or dies with what they're doing and their work ethic and the work ethic that that uh, entrepreneur has and making sure that they have the income coming in to pay their employees, to provide the employee benefits, caring for their clients and making sure that they can do that day in and day out. Uh, that's, that's, that's something to be set up. And the small business owner, you know, really, in my opinion, is that backbone of America. And you see just the pride of ownership that they have within the organization. And it gives Cindy and I, you know, a, a great sense of satisfaction of making sure that they have a plan, uh, built around not only them, but their employees and their families to help them succeed. Uh, that's what I really like. And I know that's what Cindy really likes when it comes to working with those small practitioners and small business owners. And they need the help. I mean, uh, I, I think that, um, you know, in, in, in a lot of small practices that they kind of go back to the kind of like what you said with the accounting and th the accountant and that they're more reactive than being proactive. And I think if you guys, um, help them see the future or at least prepare for the future. 
um, they are they are a step ahead of of, of their colleagues uh, because I think a lot of times, you know, you were talking about succession planning and that a lot of times when they get to be 50, 60, 70 year old, they don't have an exit strategy in place. And, and you know, we can talk with them about here's what you need to do to, you know, to help get your practice ready for you to transition. But I think you guys can say, here's what you need to do financially to be ready for when that day comes. Uh, but I'll probably like you, Brandon, I'll probably work until I'm 70 or 80 just to try to stay out of trouble. Uh, so, <laughs> it's you don't have any other hobbies, but working, right? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's exactly it. So, well, I mean, the biggest thing that we see with these small business owners is, is I go back, I mean, they're, they're putting all their blood, sweat and tears into their operation, you know, getting either a getting it off the ground or keeping it operating. And, you know, there's not enough hours in the day for them to really go out and go do their own due diligence at times. And then they're trying to figure out, well, who do I trust or who do I work with? And I think that's really what sets apart, you know, a, a CFP uh, or a planning firm like ours is, you know, our, our fiduciary obligation does lie with the client. And, uh, you know, I, I tell everybody, it doesn't matter whether you work with us or not, but I mean, that, that, that individual who has that CFP designation is huge um, because it should give you the confidence that they're always working in your fiduciary liability or for your fiduciary obligation, because the liability falls back on us uh, as CFPs. And, you know, the biggest thing that we really do in all of this is educate. We're just educating our, our clients because you can't make decisions if you're not being educated on the why and what's important and what really is going to solve some of those things that are keeping our clients up at night. Well, and that's huge because we talk about to our clients, you need to educate the patients. You need to educate them on the, uh, whether it's the, the lenses, the lens materials, why, you know, why they need that a lot, like you said, to the whys. So, so if someone wanted, and, and we have clients all over the United States, um, and I know you guys are based here in, in, in Nebraska, um, what if they have concerns about working with someone, you know, that's not in their state? How do they, how does that work? How, do the, how does the process work? Uh, if you could kind of share with our listeners, you know, if someone's in Texas or, or in Florida, how does all that work for them? So the nice thing is, is uh, with the COVID situation that we're currently dealing with, I think a lot of the population has become much more comfortable with Zoom and technology. Uh, and uh, we've had clients from, from Portland uh, with uh, meet with teams out in San Francisco to uh, areas up around uh, the New York area where we're, you know, literally meeting with clients over Zoom and having those meetings on uh, over over Zoom. There's also clients that want to meet in person. And, you know, if we, if we can make that work, we're willing to make that work. But realistically, a lot of this can be done remotely because we're getting, you know, when we're talking with our clients, you know, not only are we getting copies of tax returns, their estate planning documents, maybe it's their operating agreement, their buy-sell agreement, if they have a business partner, you know, investment statements, life insurance, disability insurance. And we're bringing that all back to our office and doing that internal review. And really starting to, de to design, okay, does this accomplish their goals and objectives or do we need to make that switch? So a lot of this can be done remotely. It does not have to be done in, uh, in person. And uh, like I said, the nice thing about COVID is it, is it kind of sped up the transition of people getting used to it. And it's, it's, it's an everyday occurrence now.
That it is. It's sad that, uh, you know, it's uh, it's come to the, that Zoom has become a, a topic even for young kids. They know what Zoom is, and, and I bet my grandson can probably hook up a Zoom uh, call faster than I can. So uh, I guess the my last question is, is that if I'm a client down in Florida, I shouldn't have to – I shouldn't worry then about having you guys out uh, in another state – doing this for me. You guys can do it for me. You can, you can set everything up for me. I don't have to worry about the state lines or anything like that. Correct? No, no, we can, we can, we can handle, we can handle individuals in any state. Uh, the licensing requirements are pretty much reciprocity uh, back from back and forth between the state lines. And we have all of our regulatory licenses. So the, where you reside, there is no issue uh, with that. Uh, Cindy mentioned earlier, you know, there are some state-by-state guidelines with regards to health insurance. Uh, we do some consulting on that, but we don't we don't sell or offer that as a tool in our toolbox just because of those state regulations. But uh, we definitely uh, help educate and uh, find the resources if and when they need help. Very good. Brandon and Cindy, I want to thank you both for, for being on the podcast with us and on Thrive with Confidence. Folks, if you have any uh, financial questions or if you do not have your you know, estate planning and things like that in place, I highly recommend that you go to uh, Insurance Design Management's website page. It's www.i, N as in Nancy, S, D as in dog, M as in Mary, uh, dot com. Again, that's www.insdm.com. Look at what these guys do. It's great. They're they're here to help you. Um, they are part of uh, Aquios Alliance, which we are very proud to have them as a as a preferred sponsor, uh, a, a vendor for us. So, um, but again, uh, thanks, Brandon. Brandon uh, Dershneider, who is the managing principal partner at uh, Insurance Design Management, and Cindy Bojanski, uh, who is the senior analysis and VP of Sales for for them, and. Uh, Guys, I truly appreciate the time you've given us. And for our listeners, if you have any questions, if you want us to get you in contact with them, you can always reach us at uh, info at aquiosalliance.com. Again, that's info at aquiosalliance.com. And we'll get you in touch with uh, insurance design management. But go to their website. Uh, Again, if you don't have these plans in place, um, it's never too late to get it done. Um, and, and it's something I think uh, that definitely needs to be done. So, uh, Brandon, Cindy, I want to thank you both uh, for your time today. I appreciate it. Well, thank you guys very much. All right. So, again, folks, uh, it's Insurance Design Management. Their website is www.insdm.com. Check them out. Uh, I want to thank everybody. Thank Kendall for doing the producing. She does a great job with all these podcasts for us and makes definitely makes me sound good. For everyone, be safe and look forward to uh, to talking to you guys again on our next podcast. Thanks, everyone.